Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Streaming box technology and business rundown. Welcome to the Screaming Box Technology and Business Rundown podcast. Today we're going to be discussing uh, the Facebook controversy, internet addiction, and Tesla. So I have with me uh, Botan. Between us, we're just going to have a, a good conversation today about those things. So let us start off with Facebook. Uh, Facebook's been in the news a lot uh, for many different reasons, mostly because they had a whistleblower testify to the U.S. Congress about how Facebook is destroying society. And some of the things that they were talking about is that Facebook is based on a kind of an algorithm that promotes hate and division and uh, disinformation. And so maybe we can kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, The part that is most controversial in this uh, is that Facebook has an algorithm, and this algorithm, although it is Facebook's, the concept of it is used a lot within people building communities and making digital products and apps uh, that are based on a community, and that concept is the posts or the content that people post on these platforms, the, the most popular content, the ones that get the most reactions, the most comments, are the ones that are promoted by the platform to make it so that as many people as possible see those, that their popularity just keeps gaining and gaining, uh, and the algorithm helps promote them because they keep getting more comments and reactions. The problem is, is that the content that generates those things tend to be very you know, divisive or argumentative content. Uh, Button, what do you think uh, about this this algorithm concept, and is it really something that's going to destroy society? Uh, well, Dave, I, I would say that uh, society will always be destroyed by society. <laughs> it's how it's always been since the dawn of time. I mean, the whole purpose of the human race, you could say, is to. Well, I don't. I don't want to go too dark here, but uh, by by definition, our race is pretty divisive and pretty argumentative so <laughs> in a way uh, this algorithm all it does it it mimics basic human behavior uh, the only thing I can see an issue with is uh, you know, it doesn't really mimic the ideal behavior that uh, we once dreamed of I mean I don't know about you but I'm a huge fan of uh, old school Star Trek where people honestly believe that in the future we can put away put away all of our differences, work toge- mm-hmm. together towards greater goals, and uh, just abandon the concept of uh, uh, money, for example, entirely. And that's that's not really <laughs> a great way to uh, promote yourself on a platform like this. And we have seen it uh, many times over. There are so many people on these platforms, and not only Facebook, but also on YouTube, Twitter, wherever. Uh, so many creators or 
influencers start out saying that yeah, capitalism is evil and communism is the best. <laughs> the only reason it haven't worked because it's not real communism. I know how it goes, but in the end, once they get the taste of that uh, nice sponsorship money and that uh, internet fame, uh, suddenly they don't think that money is so bad as it used to be mm-hmm. when they were poor. So I guess it's not really the algorithm's fault. It's, uh, it's more of a choice by each and every one of us that we make every single day mm-hmm. uh, along the lines of the content we consume. But not only the content we consume, but also the content we create. I I would actually uh, think that there has been a significant reduction to misinformation or hate speech compared to what it used to be. I mean, I grew up just on the edge of when the internet became reality. And I still remember the time when it was perfectly normal to be the most uh, hateful, bitter... Uh, racist, sexist, whatever person, that that was the norm. That used to be the norm before all of these uh, social platforms uh, came about. So even though I I do see that obviously this is not what we want, we do not want to promote uh, hate speech, misinformation, or whatever, I'm also in a, a unique position but I think you would be in an even more unique position uh, since you've lived longer in the internet less age than I have. And, I mean, we both can still remember what, it, what the world used to be like. And now it's, it's not okay to, <laughs> to be like that anymore. And It's also audience. So, like, I use Facebook. For me, Facebook is more about finding articles that are informative or in something uh, that I'm interested in. Like, I really like Star Trek, and so I actually belong to a Star Trek Facebook group of original series. And so they sometimes write articles or say things uh, that are interesting from that perspective. I'll put it on my Facebook news feed. So later, when I I have a break, I can read the full article. And, and, you know, I I put stuff up, mostly uh, articles that are about personal stuff. I don't really comment a lot on stuff. So everyone uses Facebook differently. I can tell you, uh, definitely during the last presidential election, I saw some really uh, divisive uh, posts and a lot of false information from every side. Uh, And uh, as to whether Facebook has cleaned that up, um, there is a debate. One of the things that uh, uh, has come out is Facebook is focusing on cleaning up false information, mostly on English language. But a lot of uh, the Spanish side of Facebook, which is, you know, most of Facebook's users are outside of the United States, let alone the English-speaking world, those those posts are not being policed uh, or looked at or even oh, yeah. considered. Oh, yeah. You know, so... <laughs> I can it, confirm. It, yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I don't... You, you really don't want to experience Hungarian Facebook. It's, <laughs> it's on a different <laughs> level. <laughs> I, I bet. Uh, and so that's really an issue because, you know, uh, it, it goes into this concept, you know, their argument is free speech, right? That mm-hmm. if you want to say yeah. that uh, the sky is green 
and uh, butterflies are all brown. Uh, you should be able to say that even though that isn't the reality, you have the right to say it. On the other hand, if you say a piece of content that is false and you're, you're, you're spreading something that's false to manipulate other people, uh, you know, that, that's not honest and, and that should be, for a better word, censored. But then you get into the question, who, who decides what is that content, right? Who, who decides what is really fake content and false content and how do they go through a process to determine, yes, this is false information, right? Yeah, that's that, that's whole whole other topic. I mean, uh, even if we're not talking Facebook, if we try to break down the concept of something being correct or valid or acceptable, even in academia, like about half of all published research is just uh, flat out wrong because most of it is built upon experiments that were built upon different experiments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and some of those were, of course, incorrect. But it uh, has a sort of domino effect where you say that my research is correct because this other person did their research on it and that has been accepted in this journal. So mm -hmm. we take it as uh, a generally accepted fact. Of course, it's always evolving, but uh, I don't know. Uh, did you uh, experience the same thing as we did with uh, the unspecified virus of unspecified origin, where <laughs> uh, there was this huge wave of uh, Facebook uh, news uh, spreaders who were like, "Yeah, you know, uh, you know, this is all caused by five G." <laughs> I, I was just like, I, I oh. heard that there are a bunch of people saying that. Uh, uh, the coronavirus was created by 5G, which, you know, uh, I, I think um, part, of, sense. part of the Facebook problem or these community yeah, problems sorry. is people are losing their ability to detect bullshit, right? They, they, they basically yep. just yep. believe everything they hear and don't have like a logical kind of content or, or say 5G, how would 5G create a virus? How would radio waves create a virus? And they don't, they don't think to themselves, well, logically, it doesn't make a lot of sense. They just say, oh, yeah, well, it sounds good to me, right? And, I mean, Dave, technically it's possible, but, like, can you imagine the amount of resources that someone would have to put into this technology? It, <laughs> exactly. A virus with purely radio waves. Like. I, I think people are losing oh. their ability to think about the information they hear, and they've just gotten lazy and come into this concept that whatever you read on the internet is true if it if it aligns with your belief if it doesn't align oh, yeah. with your belief oh, yeah. then it's obviously fake news and it's false and that information is not and and this is creating a real division i think in the world and i i come back to this this algorithm that facebook but also most social media platforms are using you know this concept it's kind of like the hamster in a cage on a wheel. Uh, if you keep feeding the hamster, it keeps, you know, running on the wheel. And I feel like with these people, with 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 the algorithm, it rewards people for content that uh, inspires or you know creates comment. And so people, instead of saying something nicely or gently or factually, just make these really bold false statements, exaggerated statements in order to get people's attention and to get, you know, 
uh, viewers. And, and for that reason, I, I have a problem with, with, with that concept. And, and the question then becomes, okay, if these social media platforms wanted to do something different instead of promoting the content that gets the most reaction, what would they do? What would be the solution, right? How would right. you run some, what, how would you change the algorithm to make it quote better? Right. That, that's kind of the question. Like if you're going to make, uh, like... if, if you're going to make a community app that was, uh, I don't know, heavy metal, uh, world and people would come mm. on this community who wanted to talk about heavy metal and promote heavy metal music and bands. If you were there, if you were in the, if you were the one creating this community, would you use the same algorithm that promotes the most uh, the the posts that get the most reactions and responses, or would you try to do something different? I mean, I wouldn't hundred percent do something different. I mean, not in the same way as you think right now. But mm -hmm. I I'm still a big fan of uh, not only liking but also disliking things. Mm -hmm. So I mean, personally, I always prefer a platform where things can be downvoted over a platform where they can only be uploaded. So I've seen that Facebook was the first to take away people's ability to dislike things. This is ancient history. Like <laughs> There are a lot of people who don't even remember that you could actually dislike a post on Facebook. It's like uh, they were the first uh, true pioneers in this. And we can see that this kind of mentality leads to, well, this kind of algorithm. And that may be okay, or it may not be okay. Um, the, I still, I still very much like Reddit for this reason. I mean, there uh, usually you have like a scientific question that someone who is not too wise in the ways of science just asks, like, I don't know, can can I put a uh, fork in the microwave? And there will be like ten thousand answers of yeah, yeah, go ahead, sure. And, you know, of course, naturally, the top-voted comment will be like, yeah, it's totally safe. But also there will be a lot of... Uh, so if, if someone uh, actually suggests something like dangerous or immoral, that just gets downvoted straight into the abyss. But that may be more up to the community itself rather than the algorithm. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's also an interesting question, where do you draw the line? between a benevolent algorithm and a deeply malicious one. So if uh, I want to search Google, is it okay that uh, if I search for a pizza place that I get results in uh, Budapest and you get results in uh, San Francisco? Mm -hmm. is, is that still on the line of completely moral and acceptable? Mm -hmm. I, I think we can agree on that one. But uh, let's say if... Uh, I tried to search for something different as I'm uh, I mean software and I know some things and I search for a certain thing like why is my phone doing this and I immediately get the result that I'm looking for in the from the depths <laughs> of some Apple community forum like to just change this setting in, uh, in the 10 levels deep in the menu uh, but someone else who is not so wise in the ways of, ways of science mm -hmm. <laughs> might get a result like yeah just uh, reinstall your phone is is that still morally acceptable mm -hmm. that's it's really difficult to tell 
Yeah, I, I think that this is a big question that uh, these platforms are, are trying to figure out or society is trying to figure out. It's very strange, and this may be a good segue to our next topic about the Internet. It's very strange that our society is now shifting globally, global society is shifting where information is coming from the internet and that information is based not necessarily on data but on opinion right and i i know exactly what you mean when i have an issue in my life or a problem or something i need to solve one of the first places i go to is the internet and i go on a search engine and there's a bunch of them and i just type in what is the tallest mountain in the world and it's really funny because no matter what question you put in you're getting answers from society and some of them are fact-based where they say it is this mountain and it is this many feet tall and somebody may also say it's uh mount uh star track mount star track is the tallest mountain in the world and you know it may get promoted. You may actually see it on your Google feed or whatever uh, uh, search you use. And some people actually will take that as a piece of information and say, oh, okay, yeah, because they don't know, right? And they're trying to find an answer. Or as you said in some technical forum, <laughs> you know, people say one thing, uh, but then somebody else says another, and it sounds good and it sounds right, but it actually isn't, uh, or it's taken out of context that that's kind of thing yeah, and or... people are their whole lives now are centered on kind of finding information through the inter internet getting information so i guess the question is how much internet is too much internet oh that's a great segue <laughs> <laughs> i think we're ready to accept sponsors on this podcast like, <laughs> if we can keep this level of segues then <laughs> we are golden <laughs> Uh, so the question is how much internet is too much internet yeah I we have been talking about this a bit before the show in the green room and I think the main takeaway from my side is uh, really uh, what kind how we use the internet mm -hmm. it's not so much how much but how so I like, what's the difference between uh, watching TV or watching Netflix? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, is, is someone who's uh, watching TV better than some <laughs> someone who's watching Netflix? Or well, that is a that is kind of a, a, a an important point because when you watch TV, you're getting opinion, you're, you're getting fact, and you're getting data as well. But if you watch a news program. A lot of news programs now are tied to ratings, how many people watch them. And so the news programs are becoming more and more opinion-based because that opinion is, the, you know, people want to hear their own beliefs, right? If you believe that the sky is green and you have a news station that tells you every day, you know, the sky is green, all those people who say it's blue, are, it's, it's, they're wrong, it's false information, it's green, you know, they, they feel like, oh, well, yes, I know it's green. So now they know it. they're telling me it's green. So people are trying to, you know, they get that from TV as well as the Internet. 
If you go on and ask the question in a forum or in a community, is the sky green? You're going to get some people saying, yes, it's green, it's green. It really is. You're going to like those posts, and those posts will get more and more acceptance, and more and more people will say, well, you know what? It, it is green. Uh, so you get that from TV as well as the Internet. But I, I'm, you know, in the past, I remember before the Internet, uh, if you wanted information, you had to go somewhere, you got it out of a book, which was usually published, or a magazine where there's people who are checking it and uh, uh, working on it. Um, or you would get it from, a, I guess, a TV news station or a newspaper. You didn't have that many friends to talk to. So if you talk to your group of friends, you might end up talking to 10 people, not you know 10 million right? Whereas the internet, it's yeah, more like, sure. you know, 10 million or uh, however, you know, 100 million. So the way that that happens is a little bit different, but it seems like the process is very similar. You know, you could spend all day on the internet. I, I do spend a lot of time on the internet, uh, mostly using it as a tool to do business or communicate. Even this podcast is done on, on the internet. Um, so, you know, but if you know, I have a daughter, a young daughter, and the question we're asking is, you know, she likes to watch stuff on Netflix and the internet. How much time do we have her do that? We don't want her on all day. When people right. grow up, yeah. if you know, you have control of your life. I guess if you wanted to, you could spend all day on the internet. I, I know a lot of gamers; they spend all day gaming, uh, and for them, you know. It could be a problem. You you have social issues with people who are actually near you versus uh, virtually. And health-wise, if you don't take care of yourself and exercise and go outside every now and then, uh, it could be a problem. Uh, you know, but uh, if someone spends eight hours on the internet, is that too much, or is it really a question of what are you doing on the internet versus how much time? Yeah, that's, but, uh, you know, let me hit you with a hypothetical. So if I had a son, I wouldn't care how much time um, he spends on the internet. What I would care about is that, <laughs> you know, he goes to the gym, mm -hmm. preferably every day, works out, not, you know, uh, hopped up on caffeine like most people do, but just like <laughs> goes, goes there and uh, gets a proper workout in every day. And uh, that's uh, pretty much it. I mean... Uh, school I, I don't know I don't really have an opinion on it or <laughs> I would prefer not to share mm -hmm. but in any case what uh, I'm seeing is uh, eventually everything is going to be on the internet I mean it already is like this, this is the world we live in like everything is already on the internet I mean you want to watch movies Netflix you want to watch uh, a news program mm, YouTube mm -hmm. or you want to um, ask some people about something um, generic, Quora, or <laughs> whatever yeah. else. You want to um, check out the map, Google Maps. So you want to talk to somebody, Skype or Discord. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it is what it is. But generally, uh, this is a highly opinionated uh, uh, thing, so <laughs> don't take this out of context. But it doesn't matter what you do on the internet or how much time you spend on the internet what matters is 
what else do you do in your life? I think that's a really good point. And I think people need to be aware of, of that and how things fit together. You can abuse anything or do something too much. Uh, I think for the internet, um, you know, you have to find your balance and, and you know, in times of Corona, it's hard to, to have personal relationships to begin with. So everything's over the internet, everything's virtual, but you know, hopefully that changes and, and people will be able to meet better and, and, and go out and be safe. But I really think that it's how you use the internet or how it fits into your life uh, that really matters versus how much you use the internet. You know, uh, and everybody gets to figure that one out. All right. Well, I, I do like to do the last topic of the day, uh, just because it's kind of part of technology and part of this. Tesla just got evaluated uh, as a trillion dollar business, which is quite large. And Tesla is becoming very uh, interesting. They've chosen a business model that they have, they're doing all kinds of things. So they have solar, they have battery powered, uh, they have electric cars. The reason their evaluation is so high is that electric vehicles now are becoming basically what they think the majority of, of cars and, and motor vehicles will be in the next 10 years. Uh, I read something like they're estimating that EVs will be about 50% of all the vehicles uh, on the road in about 10 years. I don't necessarily agree with that 100%, but I can understand why people would think that that's a, a, a path that it's taking. And Tesla is a brand that is so associated with electric vehicles, but again, they're also, you know, electric vehicles are nice, but if you have solar to charge them, uh, they become nicer. And the fact that Tesla is also doing solar uh, as well as energy storage, which is just as important. I have neighbors that have the complete package. They have a Tesla car, uh, Tesla solar on their roof, and a Tesla Powerwall battery on their house. And for them, they're very happy with that kind of ecosystem. But uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see if there are companies, and particularly the automotive companies, that will be able to challenge Tesla in this market. Yeah, I mean, the only company that can really challenge Tesla at this point, yeah. <laughs> does it on a regular basis, is uh, the road pal Jeff, so Amazon. Mm -hmm. But they have a wildly different uh, business structure. I mean, both companies are just uh, different in every possible way. Uh, you know, I'm I'm just so jealous of people. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I'm so jealous of people who got their brand new Tesla, their solar roof, their power wall, their everything. It, uh, I mean, it must be lovely. And uh, that, that brings me to the point that Tesla, their business is selling dreams. They're not selling products. Mm -hmm. And they, they have not been selling products uh, from the beginning. They always sold dreams to people. And if we go back far enough, they saw the dream of being able to drive a electric car throughout uh, from the East Coast to the West and back. That was one of the original uh, mm -hmm. dreams that they uh, paddled. The next one that I can distinctly remember 
is the Tesla Robo Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> Musk even said that like it's it's um, madness to buy anything but a Tesla because why would you buy anything else when you can have a Robo Taxi that earns you money? Yeah, and I mean I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to sound like I don't like Tesla. I absolutely love it, and I think the products that they make are exceptional. What I don't agree with is the the hero worship that's going about this company. Yeah, uh, Musk uses that. I mean, obviously, even with SpaceX, it's, he's selling a dream. We're going to all go to Mars and live on Mars, right? And and he is kind of portraying himself as the hero of space flight, as well as uh, with Tesla. I mean, Tesla's even going to the, you know, Tesla, one of their business strategies is to be very vertical. Uh, same with SpaceX, right? They're producing, you know, they're looking, they have a factory uh, company that uh, is producing the stainless steel that is used in both cars and in, in their rocket ships. And he's looking at maybe just buying that and owning the whole material side of it. They're looking at, they have their own chip manufacturing, uh, which is one of the reasons why Tesla's production hasn't been interrupted as much. Oh, they do. Yeah, they have their own chip manufacturing. They make their own chips. That's news to me. They, they just kind of release one. So that, that's a, I think that's a very smart business strategy uh, for him. There's a lot to admire about it. He works his people hard. So there's also equally complaints that they work too hard, they don't have enough breaks. That's the same complaint that, that people are saying about Amazon as well. And whether you believe that or not is, is you know, up to your own experience. But on the other hand, if they were treating people so badly, they wouldn't have as many employees as they have, right? And, and yeah, but let's face it, Dave, uh, we are not going to be the richest people in the world by being nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right? not how this works. It's not how it works, but... Uh, <laughs> I think Tesla is a very interesting situation. I like watching the company. I like watching how they're evolving, uh, and I particularly like SpaceX and how they're 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 evolving. But we will see. Uh, but it you know, obviously, uh, Elon Musk is a powerful force as one of the richest men in the world, if not the richest man in the world. He's got a lot of life ahead of him, and he's got big dreams. Uh, you know. Uh, he he can be just as petty as Jeff Bezos, but Jeff Bezos maybe <laughs> is pettier on a larger scale or something. I don't know. I've watched interviews with both of them, and and I wouldn't consider either one of them to be uh, how would you say uh, the most generous people on earth. Um, but oh, right. they they are focused on what they want, and they both are kind of selling a, a, a kind of dream. Uh, but if anybody sells dreams, it's really Elon Musk. He's much better at it than Bezos. Ah, for sure. I mean, Bezos uh, is is incredibly good at what he does. But he mainly sells goods and services, mm -hmm. and that's it. He's great at that, and that's why they are head to heads. <laughs> it's always a battle between uh, dreams and uh, whatever tangible thing we can have. I mean, even and for that is. Uh, like, like, yeah, that that's a battle that extends to our daily lives. I mean, every day it's like, invest money, buy things. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never know. Well, I mean, 
For Amazon, I would love to try to get Amazon out of my life, but their service is so good that if I'm going to buy something on the internet, I'm going to go to Amazon first to see if I can find it there. And it's usually the fastest delivery, quickest price. That That's not something you can argue with. There's a reason. Tesla, you know, I happen to like my car, which is not, uh, you know, an electric vehicle. And, you know, it's probably going to last another 10 or 15 years. I'm happy with my V6 engine. And, you know, we, we have LED lights in our house and we conserve water. So we do what we can for the environment. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep driving my gasoline car. Um, and even though we have solar on our house, uh, I'm not in a hurry to have an electric vehicle. Um, but I know that a lot of people are, and I'm seeing even in my own neighborhood, the amount of electric vehicles that people are getting. Um, you know, so uh, it, that, I think that's going to be the future. Oh, yeah, I mean, me too. I would love to get an electric car. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my car. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been working perfectly fine for 30 years. It's probably got another 30 in it easily. Mm, but still, uh, electric is... It's like a whole different beast. Just, uh, it is. I mean, I, I, uh, it's like the torque, man. It's, it's crazy. Like, <laughs> uh, just had a chance to try the Hyundai uh, Kona, which is arguably a much worse car than any Tesla on the market, <laughs> even like a PD65 from so many years ago. But still, it is just such a huge improvement on any other car I've ever tried. Like, I, we have this car sharing service here. I'm sure uh, you are swimming in car sharing services too. And I had the chance to try out the new um, BMW CLA SB shooting mm -hmm. brake, something like that. And then, two days later, I, uh, I tried this Hyundai Kona, which is uh, basically the same year. Mm -hmm same price range but electric mm -hmm. and it's it's no contest mm -hmm. <laughs> to be honest, there's like no contest between the two um personally for me the range has never been an issue so even i would be fine with the first gen tesla so what do i do every day i go to the gym and i come back from the gym maybe go shopping every once in a while but that's it uh any anything uh, if, if i have to go far that's that's always by air. I mean, I'm not going to drive for 12 hours. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> so what do you think about the driving experience side of things? Have you tried the Tesla? I've driven in a Tesla Model 3. It, nice. it, it's a nice experience. I agree. The torque is really nice. It's reasonably comfortable car. But I like the feel of the the engine, you know, making noises and uh, the way a combustion engine drives, not for speed, but just in feeling. I have a, a six-speed uh, Mini as well, and I love driving that car just because it's like driving a go-kart. It doesn't have luxury. It, it rattles. It makes a lot of noise. You know, you can feel every input in the gas pedal. It's just a different experience. I can really understand why people like electric cars, and I'm not saying I will never have one, uh, but my gas engine cars, uh, I'm going to let them die their natural death, and 
keep them running as long as possible and then at that point when i have to get a new car i would consider an electric car and i look forward to the ones that will be out there in 10 or 15 years you know what's a fun thing about what you just said that it, it sounds like environmentally an unresponsible thing to do or irresponsible thing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> but being real and looking at the numbers it's it's way more environmentally friendly to just uh, use your car for 32 or 50 more years yep. than to buy an electric now because yeah. just the process of uh, of making them is, is so insanely polluting uh, I think you and I both are waiting for the genesis of electric auto so to say when we can finally have some proper solid state uh, batteries mm-hmm. yeah. but that seems so far away yeah. it's um, it's kind of like fusion like it, it is fusion is always 30 years away <laughs> solid state uh, batteries are always five years away they've been five years away 20 years ago they are five years away now mm-hmm. fusion has been 30 years away 100 years ago and it's still 30 years away now so I, I don't know what's going on with these industries i mean it would be great to talk with somebody who actually knows what's going on like well we will try to get someone like that on our podcast in the near future but anyways botan this has been a great discussion and i look forward yeah. to our next podcast thank you Dave. Uh, in the next month and until then uh, let's have a, a great day and Uh, Enjoy technology and business. Thank you very much for taking this journey with us. Join us for our next exciting exploration of technology and business in the first week of every month. Please help us by subscribing, liking, and following us on whichever platform you're listening to or watching us on. We hope you enjoyed this podcast, and please let us know any subjects or topics you would like us to discuss in our next podcast by leaving a message for us in the comment sections or sending us a Twitter DM. Till next month, please stay happy and healthy.